And the truth is farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. So every single black sheep is a unique original. It cannot be made into something it wasn't meant to be. And I'm like, that's my, that's my goal. That's my whole life journey. I just want to be that unique 100% authentic creation I was made to be. And, and so I'm like, why are we running from it? We need to be running to it. I, I mean, I want to be in a flock of black sheep. I want us to be able to say, I am me, you are you. Let's look for those bridges that we connect together so that we can bring more joy to the world together because together we can change what's possible. By ourselves, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. It's a heavy lift. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. What a conversation we have for you today. We connected on such a high level because of Brandt's openness, vulnerability, and desire to create an impact. Brandt Menzwar was recently named one of the country's top 10 speakers in motivation. He shares his non-negotiable core values and helps you identify yours. The way Brand teaches you to process your core values and funnel every decision through them really hit me on a whole other level. If we all live this way, the world would be a much better place. Brand also encourages everyone to tap into their black sheep values because it's our uniqueness and what makes us different that serves as our true superpower. And be sure to check out his book, Black Sheep, unleash the extraordinary, awe-inspiring, undiscovered you. All right. Well, I want to welcome Brant to the podcast. Thank you for being here, buddy. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you giving me some time. Of course. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an exciting one. You have some fantastic energy, so I'm excited to uh, to share that with everybody. Uh, but just in case for people who who may not know, Brant, can you just give a little bit of a background or understanding? So Brant is a... A magical speaker um, that speaks all the time. 
that I think is just killing it uh, across the country. So if you can just give people an idea of mainly what are you speaking about? What are you trying to convey to your audience? What purpose are you fulfilling uh, in your speaking? So I'm a former rock star, uh, 20 years in the music business that uh, transferred from one sort of stage to another. And, uh, you know, the, the work that I do now is centered around values, values-based leadership specifically, trying to get people to stop winging it in their life and identify those non-negotiable values that we all possess that most of us assume we know or think we know, but when push comes to shove, we, we haven't really locked in these things that make us who we are. And so all of my work today is centered around helping people discover what I call your black sheep values and how to use them to change what's possible in your life. Got it. Brent, how did you go from a rock star to a motivational speaker that helps people identify their purpose and their core values? Yeah, well, I will tell. I wish I was. It was some positive story, um, knowing your nature here. But the truth is, it was an ugly uh, uh, truth, which was my oldest son uh, was diagnosed with cancer and uh, a rare blood cancer, and he was going to require, uh, you know, bone marrow transplant and and some extensive care. And so I had to find a way to transition off the road from touring extensively to being able to be home more for him. And so that's sort of what got me to try to figure out how can I sort of take this thing that I felt like I was meant to do and find another place for it that, that put me closer to home and gave me more control over my schedule. And so that um, that's exactly how I ended up in the position that I am now through some difficult circumstances. So can I just, can I, how is your son doing? Is he he passed away uh, from COVID last year. Got it. Well, I want to send you my love. I'm sorry about that. Thank you, brother. Of course. Of course. Difficult, difficult times. No, no question. I'm sure. Cool. Just want to be here for you. Really send you love. Um, And you know, what you had said before, what, you know, what um, transferred you over and so many times and so many guests that I talk to, it literally blows my mind that the most, one of the most challenging, most difficult parts of someone's journey of their path of their life was the key thing that shifted them and brought them into a new reality and into a new purpose, into a new intention. uh, And was one of the greatest things that happened to somebody to shift them over um, into where they are today. Um, And yeah, so many of the guests I talked to, it was really this very difficult time, this very difficult decision that really got them to exactly where they are right now, doing the good work that they're doing in the world. It's like everyone I talked to, why I had them on on the podcast, it was that thing that brought them to what they're doing that is spreading love, giving joy, helping other people. So even when you said that too, you're like, you know, I wish it was this glamorous, amazing story. To me, the gifts are in the, are in the hardships. Um, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I mean, you literally, I mean, the story of, of Theo, my son is, is just extraordinary. It's uh, you know, he wasn't supposed to make it. We literally were told, 
go into the room, say your goodbyes. He's not going to make it through the night. And so, you know, the, the impetus, the, the reason of why I do everything that I do right now, why I, I wrote the book, why I talk about values, why all these things matter is because I sat on the edge of my son's bed and had no idea what to say. When somebody tells you to go say goodbye to your child, what do you say? Um, and so I said goodbye. And, and, and then what happened next was a miracle. Uh, my brother, who lives 1,500 miles away, wasn't going to be able to make it in time to say his goodbye. So he had to say his goodbye over the phone, which he did. And he felt awful, as you can imagine. And so he decides that night he is going to film himself sitting on his couch holding up poster boards, explaining what's happening. My nephew's dying. This is what's happening. We're out of answers. The doctors are telling us it's over. If you can help, please help. And he uploads this video to YouTube. Um, I had taken my phone and put it away after all of this sort of stuff had happened. I'm sitting on the edge of, uh, of my son's bed and I'm literally waiting for him to pass away. And after you know, 10 hours or so, I grab my phone and, and it's, it's hot from vibrating. And I look and I have hundreds of messages that are coming in. My brother's video that he uploaded to YouTube went viral and was seen by over half a million people overnight. And I started to get contacted by doctors from all over the world who said, I, I heard about your son and I think I could help. And so they put their heads together, came up with this crazy plan to try to treat the impossible, what we were told was impossible. And they did it and it worked and he beat it. And, and um, which is an amazing story and a positive thing. But I told you, uh, I beat myself up for years after this great thing had happened because I felt like I gave up on him. When I said my goodbyes, I felt like I should have never done that. I shouldn't have done it. I should have, I should have had been better prepared as to what I was bringing to the table in that moment and not allowed the, the overwhelming weight of the scenario to crush me, which it did. And so I spent years feeling awful and feeling like I went to bed every night with this cloud over my head that I wonder if my son thinks I gave up on him. And so years go by, I, I decide to figure my stuff out. Uh, I've got to figure out what my values really are. What am I bringing to the table? What am I truly doing with my life? And so I realized that this is where our purpose comes from now. And the activation of these values are what we bring to life, to our people, to, to our communities. And so I start to so into that and, and with deliberate intention, show up every day to manifest these things that I have in me that I know are going to change people. I know it. And so I start to do it and my whole life changes. My whole life changes. I go from speaking 20 times a year to 70 times a year. My speaking fee triples and it's, it, I'm not doing anything different other than being incredibly intentional for speaking these values into existence when I choose to. And because of that, I've separated myself from the pack and it's, it's noticeable. It's, I'm a black sheep in the best possible way. I stand out from the crowd because I'm being incredibly deliberate with my intention. And all I, I tell you all of that to tell you this, 
last February when I find myself sitting on the edge of his bed once again with doctors telling us he's not going to make it, I had an incredibly different conversation with my son in that moment, one that allowed me to sleep. And that, if nothing else, for the tragedy that it was, um, gosh, man, I, you know, I, I'm proud of myself for doing the work. Um, I'm happy that, that God gave me a second chance. Um, and, and in spite of not having the, you know, the outcome that I, that I truly desired, I don't know that I could have lived with myself if I had to deal with that day in and day out, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. I have so much love for you, man. Thank you for just being so open and vulnerable in your true self. It is like really touching my soul. And I'm sure everyone who is listening right now, mm. thank you so much. I want to say this to anyone who's listening, and this is the hardest lesson I learned. Um, hope never abandons you. You abandon it. And so you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Are you going to be the reason someone believes or are you going to be the reason someone gives up? That's it. And when you make that choice, your life will change. I promise you that. So I, you know, even the way that you um, had handled it the first time around with your son, where you beat yourself up for it for, you know, a couple of years after that, my, and it's easy for me to say, I didn't have that experience. You know, it's really easy for me just to see the positive or to see the gratitude. That's just where I've trained my mind to always go. Um, and all I can think about right now is, you know, if you didn't handle yourself in that exact way, would you have reached out to your brother in the exact way? Would he have posted that in the exact way? Would he have gotten the intention, uh, the attention that you got in the exact way? Would those doctors have reached out to you and made the impossible possible? Yeah, yeah. that is, I mean, you're a, a thousand percent right that that perspective now, um, I see it. I didn't see it in the moment, right? And, and this is part of the conversations that I have with people all the time is what happens when you find yourself in that moment and you're unprepared. Because the truth is when there's a tornado swirling around you and you're trying to reach out for the things that matter to you, it, you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And so if you know what you're standing on, if you know that center of that hurricane and the things that are my non-negotiables, then I don't have to reach out into the craziness to try to find what I'm looking for. I'm standing on what I'm looking for. And that is uh, the lesson that I had to learn the hard way. By, by not sleeping for two or three years because I just felt awful, right? And, I, and, I, and now that I see it, I realize if that didn't happen, I, I wouldn't have called my brother. He wouldn't have done what he did. We wouldn't have had 500,000 people find a solution they told us didn't exist. Uh, you know, all of those things, he survived because of it, not in spite of it. And that's a big difference. He survived because of it, not in spite of it. That is powerful. Wow. And Anna, it's, I just think too, man, it's like, um, you know, I know how many lives you, you touch on a daily, weekly, yearly basis, and there's gratitude and appreciation for you to have to have gone through that very difficult time for, you know, not sleeping for a couple of years and, and just sitting with yourself over and over again. Because in that reflection and in you being with yourself, that's exactly what you said led you 
to how powerful your speeches are right now and how much you're helping people. And without that suffering, without that pain, without you going through those things, would you be where you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny as we've had like 10,000 people, over 10,000 people take our black sheep values assessment. Right. And so I, I get a chance to sort of see people from all walks of life um, determine what they think their non-negotiable values are, which is, which has revealed some really interesting insight. Um, but, but one of the big learns that I've had sort of since I've been able to figure this stuff out in my life, and this is the question that I ask a lot of the people that think they have it all together, yet they can't tell me what their, what their five non-negotiable values are. Um, the question I always ask is this, have you ever truly given yourself an opportunity to be your full self? And, and if you don't know these things, the answer is no. And as a control freak, as somebody who was an overachiever, who has been successful in his life, it was really difficult for me to accept the fact that I wasn't giving myself the full opportunity for me to be who I truly am. Um, I was winging it and doing well, and that's not the same thing. <laughs> and so when you wing it and do it well, what's the reason to try to figure out if there's something more? And that oftentimes, as you just said, we have to find ourselves walking through the valley to determine that there is more, because if you only win, you never ask yourself if it's possible. Hmm. I, wow, I really get that. Like, right, if you're winging it and things are going well, why would you think otherwise? Why would you challenge yourself or, or think out of the box or from a different uh, angle or perspective if things are just kind of smooth sailing? It's like, all right, I'm good. I don't really got to do much thinking. I'm fine. Like, things are just flowing the way they're kind of supposed to be flowing. Maybe, you know, it feels pretty good, not great, but let me just keep going on this path. Wow. That's very interesting. I never thought about it like that before. Where like, really those, those times of down and those times of challenge are crucial for us to really take a step back and think more intentionally and clearly about who we are, what we want to achieve, where we want to go, what we want to give back uh, to yeah. the world. Wow, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, there are two sort of through the research that we've done for so long as to trying to help people figure this stuff out. Um, you know, there are two types of black sheep uh, reasons why people feel like black sheep. Okay. So you have the sort of one that we all think of when we think of that, which is you are an outcast, you're ostracized, you're the, the goth kid in high school, you're the, what, you know, pick whatever it was when you were at that time or what you feel right now, you have been sort of separated um, because of your uniqueness or your differentness. Um, that's only one way. But I will tell you that when I was doing the research for this, it, you know, there were equally amount of people who were black sheep because they were uber successful. They were so successful that they separated themselves from everybody else. And when you are that far away, you are a black sheep. You are standing out in the crowd from everybody else, whether you like it or not. And so when you realize that it's not just about feeling like you don't belong, it could be that you have been so successful 
your success has brought it upon itself, um, it changes the perspective of, of what it truly means to be a black sheep, which for me, when I heard the truth, is really what made me feel okay. It changed my perspective of my life because I always thought it was this, well, there's no value. Farmers don't value them because there's just no value. And the truth is farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. So every single black sheep is a unique original. It cannot be made into something it wasn't meant to be. And I'm like, that's my, that's my goal. That's my whole life journey. I just want to be that unique 100% authentic creation I was made to be. And, and so I'm like, why are we running from it? We need to be running to it. I, I mean, I want to be in a flock of black sheep. I want us to be able to say, I am me. You are you. Let's look for those bridges that we connect together so that we can bring more joy to the world together because together we can change what's possible by ourselves. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. It's a heavy lift. Mm. Uh, I love so much about everything you just said, the uniqueness, the individuality of people like searching for that and letting that part shine, letting that mm. come through people, letting it flow through them because that is the beauty of each person how different you are from anyone else in the world. And I love yeah. too, how you said it, it's like, it's connection, it's doing things together because how much more powerful are we when we do things together and we come together as one? No, listen, you know, I, the interesting thing is when you start to write a book with a metaphor of, of sheep, um, you, you learn a lot about areas that you never thought you'd be interested in. Um, and and uh, there's been a couple of interesting nuggets that came out of this work. And, and one of them was that while farmers don't value black sheep in the same way that they value the rest of the flock, it doesn't mean that they don't have value. They just value them very differently. And so the truth is that farmers keep one black sheep for every hundred white sheep that they have in their care and they keep them as a marker. So every single morning, a sheep farmer will wake up and they'll look out over their flock. And if they've got 500 sheep in their care, they are only looking for five black sheep. That's it. If they see five black sheep, they know things are okay. If they don't see five black sheep, they know something is wrong, right? It could be wolves, famine, disease, whatever it might be. But the black sheep get their first look every single day. So why have I been able to find myself in this position of, of impact? Because I get everybody's first look. That's how, <laughs> because I'm leading with what makes me, me. And because of that, everybody gives me their first look. And when that's the case, my chance for impact is exponential. And that's all I want for everybody. Don't just blend in to the crowd, find what really makes you, you, and start being deliberate with your intention. Start bringing that to the table and letting people see the value of what you actually are. Let's just do it together. And that's, that to me is I, I don't think I have a stronger desire than for everyone to figure this out and, and to be deliberate with their intention to live it, not just know it. That to me is what, is what will bring the change. There's so much separation in the world right now that everybody's sort of dividing themselves on, on different sides. And, and uh, you know, the, the truth is I always relate it to, uh, to like a, um, a dodgeball match, right? You ever, you ever played dodgeball when yeah. you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. So you know that a dodgeball match, 
you, you, two people start on opposite sides of the gym and they put all the balls in the middle, right? And then you have to run towards the middle, you grab the ball and then you sort of run back to where you were and you start pegging balls at each other, right? Well, my thing is this, what if everybody ran to the middle and just stayed there? If you did that, you would never be able to generate enough force to hurt anybody. But when you back away and you wind up and you've got that separation, now you can do some real damage. You can really hurt someone. But if you were willing to have the courage to just get to the middle and stay there, give me your best shot and it's still not going to hurt me. You're too close. And so my thing is, let's get together with what brings us together. Pick up those values and stand next to each other. Don't separate. Stand next to each other and have the difficult conversations, knowing that you are not far enough away to hurt me. If we can stay close, we can work through it. You can take your best shot, and I still will have the will to continue. Amazing. Wow. It's You're, you're taking, you're flipping this totally on its head. The the things that make people unique, that make them weird are the things that have made people hide and not show themselves and take a step back and sit in the darkness instead of coming out into the light and letting literally their heart shine and be their truth. And one of the literally things I try to help people with and push out to the world is to live your truth, be who you truly are. Love yourself for that. Yeah. Yeah. Preach it. Uh, I am there. Trust me. I'm holding up the microphone for you. Yes. That is exactly the message that needs to be brought. It is because you're every single person is able to bring something totally new and different to the table than anybody else. Like your energy, Mm -hmm. your vibe, your courage, your personality, your quote unquote weirdness is unlike anyone else that's literally ever existed. And there is something so special in that. And we need to stop turning away from it and lean hard into it. Agreed. And I Agreed. love that that you're doing you're the fact that you are really putting such an emphasis on that for people is is so crucial and it's so special. And I'm so grateful that someone of your level with the lives that you're reaching consistently, that that is one of the huge messages that you are pushing out because that is so important. Oh, thank you, man. I, you know, it's, I have a, I have a few rules even with friends, um, which is I, I won't speak to you about politics or religion unless I know what your flock is. You have to tell me. And if you don't know it, I'm not talking to you about it because I need to know what matters most to you. I need to know where I can build bridges, not tear you down. And, and if you're not willing to figure it out yourself, I'm not willing to have the conversation with you. It's just that simple. Um, and so it's forced a lot of people around me in my, in my sphere of influence to figure their stuff out if they want to have deep conversations with me, but I refuse to do it until they can do it. And it's not what they think. They have to take the assessment. They have to prove that they're real. They have to do the work. And after they do the work, you know what they find out? <laughs> we share far more uh, in likeness than we do in anything else. So we're so much more alike than different. It's, it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it's what we focus on. If we want to focus on, well, I'm on this side and you're on that side and we're different because of this reason and that reason, well, and that's going to become our reality because that's what we're putting all of our attention on. It's like there could be 99% of how we're alike and 1% of how we're different. But if we put all of our focus on that 1%, that continues to expand and expand. And that's all that exists. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that. 
your intent, I love that. Your intention of talking to people and having this conversation is to be, I love that how you said that is to build bridges. It's like, let's not just talk so I can prove my point over your point and I can say what I think is right against what you think is right. So I can go into this conversation anticipating that we're going to disagree on something and, and, and anticipating that I'm going to take my stance against yours. It's all this combativeness. It's all this separation, but going into it so purposefully with the intention that I want to connect with you here, let's find out how we're alike. Let's find out how we can build a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I've got a, um, a really good friend. Her name is Tamsin Webster. Tamsin uh, wrote a book called find your red thread. She's honestly one of the most brilliant people I know. And, and she talks about, you know, our brains sort of process information in a very specific way. And we all have this red thread that sort of tie us together, ties your story together, all those sorts of things that comes from this sort of Japanese uh, philosophy of, of this thread that connects us all. Um, but the, the idea for me is that one of the things she really works on is helping people identify what she calls your problem pair, right? And so this helps people frame an argument in their mind. And so one of the things that we were just, you and I were just talking about with this idea of uh, building bridges, for me, the problem pair is adoption versus connection. We cannot expect people to adopt our values and care for them like their own. They will not do it. They're not their values, but we expect it from the, I don't care if you're at work and you just hand, here's our company values. You better care for these like your own. It will never happen. It just won't. I, I always say, I'm not a, I'm a cat guy, believe it or not. I'm not a dog guy. Um, but, but how many times have you been asked to care for somebody's dog? What when they're away on the weekend? So you go and you do it, right? And and you, even though I'm not a dog person, I still go. I spend time with it. I take it out. I clean up after it. I feed it. I do everything that I'm supposed to do. But man, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I am doing it because of my love for you, not my love for this dog. Um, but that's how we treat life. We hand people things that aren't theirs and we get mad when they don't care for it like we care for it. And the truth was, if we built bridges, we allow people to use what matters most to them to get to you. So I don't need to care about the dog. What I need to care about is if caring for that dog um, allows me to show some empathy, well, that's one of my things. Yes, I want to do that. If caring for that dog allows me to give you hope that this dog will be okay while you're away, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to feed my values while I'm doing it. But if you only say, adopt these, care for them, and I don't care about what you think, it's even though the work gets done, it's done begrudgingly and you will never find joy in that. And that to me is the big difference. It's... It's understanding and connecting to their values, not trying to force my values on you, hoping that yes. you, and it's so true. We always just assume it's like, why aren't you accepting this the way I accept it? Why don't you feel the exact way that I feel about it? And when you really take a step back and think about that, of course, we're not going to view it in the exact same way. How could we? The, the, so, you know, I'm an incredibly competitive person, grew up my whole life playing sports. Like if I didn't win, I didn't want to play. Like, that's just, that was just me. Right. And so I, I, I don't care if we're playing a board game now. I still want to crush. I don't, I just don't want to, if I don't win, I'm not happy. Um, so, so growing up sort of as that type of person um, in my adult life, 
I have found it incredibly difficult to compromise. Um, when I, you know, when we use compromise in a good way, you know, sort of everybody goes, well, both sides win. Well, that's not how I ever viewed it. I always viewed it as I lost. <laughs> compromise means I didn't get my way. Um, and, and, and after discovering, here's the beauty, after discovering all of these things that are my non-negotiables, I've been able to Jedi mind trick myself to instead of saying I have to compromise in order to, to, to meet this person in the middle, I go to my values and go, can I feed a value so strongly that it allows me to accomplish my purpose, to get what I need by, by actually coming back to my side of the bridge and, and sewing into those so that I can reach them. And that has eliminated compromise. So I no longer compromise. I just amplify my own values. And that shift of perspective has made me far better to work with, a lot easier to deal with, all those other sorts of things. And I find myself collaborating with others so much better when I know that I can use my own values to reach them as opposed to feeling like I have to give something up. That is such a life-changing paradigm shift way to, to think about something because uh, even like the word compromise, I think is beautiful because it's like, we're both coming together. We're joining, we're connecting, we're understanding each other a little bit more. But I guess the way I interpret compromise is still like, I'm, uh, I'm giving up a little bit more than maybe I should, or I'm still losing a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you just completely flip that. Mm -hmm. And now using it in a way to, again, have those things connect with you and through the things that mean most to you. Yeah. Can I ask, cause I, I was listening yeah. to one of your, um, uh, one of your speeches before. Yeah. And is it your, is your core values, all that, is it the creativity? Is this what we're talking about right now? Your creativity, yeah. hope, impact, empathy, family, authenticity. That's it. That's my flock. Yeah. 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 So, so for me, rather than try to give something up, if I'm looking to, to work with someone, I look at it and go, how can I use, how can I bring hope to the table to, to meet this need? So I'm not, no, I'm no longer giving it, giving anything up. I'm actually amplifying hope. I am, I am sewing in and, and contributing through my value, which to me is a win. So I'm like, oh yeah, all day long. And that, that, that has changed my ability to, to work with others in a really powerful way, whether that's in my work life or that's in my home life, or that's in, you know, having, having discussions with people who have incredibly different political differences, or they feel differently about whatever is going on in the world at the moment, um, being able to feel like I can amplify my value towards them as opposed to giving up this to feel like I can have this conversation has been the difference for me wanting to engage and not wanting to engage. Brand, this is like literally, I'm not, I'm, this is blowing my mind right now because this is, I feel like such, huh, I always just think about our connection to one another and division and separation, how that's just not who we are. It's just, it's not, but we get caught up in our everyday. We get caught up in our fears and our anxieties our ego comes into play where we feel like it's got to be me. I have to be right. Literally like the I'm right, you're wrong. And yeah. this is such a massive tool to diminishing that separation. Yeah. 
A hundred, dude, like I, I, listen, I hope you take this. I hope you use it. I hope it works in a way that's profound for you and for the people that you are, that you are dealing and engaging with on a daily basis, because it's the difference between us actually coming to some real solutions, um, as opposed to just talking in circles and, and nothing ever getting done, nothing ever happening. We don't make progress because we are so busy protecting our own instead of trying to find these places to connect. And when we find them, we go, Oh, well, if you could, if, if you could take your creativity and I can take my empathy, can we took those two things together to actually find some common ground? Because that would be amazing. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I've just taken all the adversity off of this. Now it's not me versus you. Now it's empathy and creativity working together to create a solution. It's like, okay, well, it's, it's much easier to deal with that when you can remove your, your emotions and all of those things that, you know, the perceptions that we all have today are, are mostly not ours. <laughs> They've been forced upon us. I, I tell people all the time, where we get into trouble is when you are caring for someone else's sheep. That's where we get into trouble is because they're not your sheep, but you treat them like they are. And you've put this big front and you use all of this energy to protect them. And you know what? They're not even your sheep. If you would just take that same level of, of interest and, and, and you know desire to, to protect them, but make sure that you're feeding the things that matter most to you, you will find yourself feeling far more fulfilled than you are right now. Many of us were our whole lives conditioned to care for other people's sheep. You grew up in a single parent household. You had to care for siblings, had to care for an older grandfather or grandmother, whatever it might be. You, you find yourself in this moment where everybody else matters, but you, and it's like, you've got to come at, you got to bring it back and figure out your stuff first. And then if there's some food left over and you want to share, fantastic. But your sheep eat first every day. That's the only way you can be effective consistently and with longevity is to make sure that your your sheep aren't starving. And that's, that's part of our problem is we're so busy trying to feed everybody else's sheep. Ours are emaciated. We're not even engaging them. And so it's like, let's just everybody figure your stuff out. Everybody use that food, feed your own sheep. And by doing that, you're actually creating opportunity and possibility for solution that doesn't exist. That's the key. Sorry. It's, no, that was, <laughs> I'm amped up. <laughs> that was, oh, <laughs> uh, no, don't say sorry. That was brilliant. That I'm just really, this is hitting me on a crazy level right now. This Wait. is seriously opening my mind and allowing me to visually see things in a way that I never saw before. It's like allowing this connection that I've always been like striving for and trying to understand how can we get each other to connect more? How can we get each other to thrive more? Mm -hmm. And this is such a massive way to do that. And it's just bringing me so much joy and so much happiness because when we like you're like you're so right. When we're having these conversations, and we are not amplifying our own empathy or hope or creativity or whatever it might be, yep. and we go and watch the dog or we do, go and do whatever we have to do. When we're doing that with a lack mentality, or we're doing that with like kind of like anger and like negativity, and this is stupid. I don't even want to do this. That just takes away the whole act of us doing it. It's like well, then what are we even Truth. doing it for? Truth. And it takes away from our own vibration and our own happiness, and our own energy. So like, it, it's not conducive. It, that actually doesn't work at all. 
And I, I love visualizing right now the idea, and you said it, using these, like having a touch with you to amplify. So instead of being like, oh, this sucks. And that just like just lowers you down, brings yep. you down. Yep. But instead the idea of amplifying your own core values, that is just so abundant and so expansive. And like the visual of that, of just never ending growth, go, go, go. And, and continuing to elevate is just feels so much better than the, than the opposite. It, it, it provides food for everybody else. I mean, that's, that's ultimate. If you really care about feeding other people's sheep, which I do, I care about that, that, you know, impact is one of my, as one of my black sheep. So most certainly I do, but what I've had to come to realize is I can feed you best when I feed my own. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's the multiplier. It's, it's, uh, it's Jesus turning the, the fish to feed 5,000. I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. It's the same idea that if I just focus on this and I do it with deliberate intention and purity and all the things that I, that are real, that I'm authentic to who I am, um, it resonates, as you just said, at a different frequency, people accept it. It hits them in a pleasurable way that, um, is, is so difficult to, to recreate if it's anything other than authentic, right? Like that's, that's it. We all hum at our own frequency, I believe. And so it's like, when we are doing these things, it's what attracts people to you. It's because literally in, in you aligning with who you really are, that is going to literally allow your light to shine on a different level than if you weren't aligned. And we need to create, I, I've thought about this so much. We need to create a new word that isn't selfish. It's not because when we hear the word selfish, we think it's ego. We think it's all about me. I don't care about you at all. And in taking care of ourselves, really first and doing things that connect, relate and align with our core values and the truth of who we are allows us to show up in the best way for the rest of the world. And that, how can that be selfish? Because in, in me taking care of myself and me doing what's, what's beautiful for me, that allows me to be my best version of myself in the world to every single person. So it's like the, idea, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I literally just wrote this down because it's, it's just it's hit me hard right now. When we are our authentic self, when we know who we are and we are feeding our own sheep, what we are actually doing is making space for others. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're not stealing their food anymore. That's think, think of it in that way. When you know who you are and you are doing all the things with deliberate intention, you are actually making space for others to do the same. And if you don't do it, you are scrambling around trying to grab food from anywhere you can possibly get it. And half the time, it's not your food. How do you feel when someone at the office comes and eats your salad out of the, out of the, the refrigerator? <laughs> You're pissed off. And that's the same idea that if you want to resonate with somebody, make space for them to be that to be themselves so that they can bring it their full self to the table. And, and you do the same. And when you do that and you don't steal each other's food, then it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I didn't want this last bite of cake. Why don't you have it? You know what? I don't need this extra roll. Why don't you have it? It's because we, we, we have done the work to know what we truly need to feel satiated so that there's enough left, right? 
But when we don't do that, we overeat. We just consume, 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 consume. And there's nothing left for anyone when it's all said and done. And that just feels crappy for everybody. It's like really in us taking care of ourselves. And I, I, I cannot wait to write down what mine are after Good. we talk today. Yes. You, you go to the, you go to the website, you take it, it'll give you the, it's going to give you the first layer, right? This is not the be all end all. This is to start the conversation with yourself, because I can promise you this, the first five that you come to are not all going to be real. There are two or three of them that will be real. And there are two or three that are aspirational, right? Um, they are confused with caring for other people's sheep. They are confused from self-sabotage. They are confused from a whole bunch of other things that it takes some time to mm. get to reality um, that, that you can't just claim it and expect it that it's real. You have to prove it. And you got proof requires, you, you've got to take some time to acknowledge and find where it exists in your life. And if you can find proof that it exists, then you know it's real. If there's no proof, it's not real. And that is something that, Many of us spend so much energy trying to convince ourselves of something that's not real. Uh, I, I tell my people all the time, um, you only need belief in the absence of proof. Think about that for just a second. You only need belief in the absence of proof. So if you are trying incredibly hard to, to make yourself believe something, stop doing that. And start searching for proof because if you find it, all you have to do is acknowledge that it exists, period, done, end of question. There's no belief involved anymore. And that's where we spend so much energy is trying to get ourselves to believe something that we shouldn't be trying in the first place. Just find the proof, acknowledge it and say, that's true. That's it. That's a fact for me in my life. I don't have to believe it. I see it. It's right there. And when you start to do that, you free yourself up to take belief into the areas that it really is needed, right? Belief is something existential for me. Belief is something bigger. I want to believe that you and I are connected on such a deep level that, that you and I could do amazing things together. I'd rather reserve my belief for things like that than to try to convince myself that um, I don't want that cookie that's on the corner over there when I know damn well I want that cookie. It's 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 we we just waste so much energy in those in those cases that I when we know what we truly want and desire it certainly frees up space for you and everybody else around you. Do you feel like you have to kind of in order to really hone in on these things is kind of relearn break down the programming that's got me to right here that I think are maybe my values based on my beliefs. And I, I, there's the idea that like you're a belief that you have, is just a thought that you keep having. Mm -hmm. Right. So as I maybe like in a way programmed to keep having this thought, which then turned into a belief of mine, which isn't actually true about who I am and how I feel. And mm -hmm. the, really the truth of who I am, is just a thought I've had over and over again. So it's like breaking that framework and that programming melting it yeah. down so I can actually fully discover who I am and what matters yeah, one, to me. Yeah. yeah. What we do is we, we force people to, to define what they mean by what they say, and that changes everything, right? So, so telling people, um, you know, let's, let's use love, right? So love is, is a, obviously an incredibly powerful and popular value that people select, but whenever anybody selects it, when they're in a class with me, uh, my first question is I, I I'm, what the hell do you mean by that? I have no idea what you mean by that. 
And so when you force someone to define what they mean by what they say, it provides a level of clarity that is yet to be found for them. And so in describing what they mean, it often takes them to a different word. It takes them to a different value because they think they know and they have the right intention. And, and our values do live in family hierarchies. So when we look like we, we know that there are five families of values that, that sort of connects everybody, right? We all have values within these five families of values. And these values all exist in a hierarchy. There's one at the very top, and then there's a whole bunch of, of, of different ways to experience that value underneath. And so the five values that we know are, are the truth are number one is connection. Right. And so you and I have already had this conversation on this call, which is we believe we are built for connection. Well, guess what? Connection is the number one shared value among all humans. More importantly, 50% greater than the next closest shared value. It is so far out in the front, out in front that if that is not part of your overall goal is connecting. And I don't care what you do in your life, you are missing the boat because this is something that is universally cared about uh, from all of us right? So that's number one. Authenticity is number two. People want the ability to be who they are, not who they should be, right? Number three is integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. If you do what you say you're going to do, we're in good shape. Number four is personal growth. People want an opportunity to, to change and grow. Change is part of life. And if you deny it, you're just denying uh, something that is going to come back and bite you in the, in the rear, right? And then the last one's creativity, but it's not creativity in the way that most people think about it. People think about creativity as, well, I don't, I don't play an instrument. I don't paint. I don't write books. I don't, you know, whatever they, they're thinking of it very specifically. What, what creativity is in reality is the act of creation. And when we are, are creating, I don't care if it's a solution to a problem. When we are creating, we are most connected with our creator, no matter what you believe. So I don't care if you believe in, you know, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, God, you pick your flavor. You feel most connected and fulfilled in the act of creation because you are created. That's how it works, right? And so we know that those five things work in, in an iterative circle. So it starts with where are we connected and where aren't we connected? And then it moves to can I be my authentic self? If the answer is yes, then I need to do what I say I'm going to do. And if I do that, I give myself the opportunity to grow in areas that I recognize are deficient in my life. And that creativity allows me to build bridges back to the places that I am not connected now. And the circle continues and continues and continues. And so we know that these five families of values are how all, we all relate to each other. And it is literally a map to get from where you are to where you want to go. And when you understand that and use it, it is the most powerful experience I can possibly explain to you when you feel you're at one with whatever it is that you believe. Can I, how did, how did you discover this data? How, how do we, how did you, how do we know? And, and honestly, as you listed off each of them, it all makes so much sense. And yep. it like gives me hope too. That's like, yes, we want connection. Yes, we want to be our authentic selves. We want to be who we truly are. Integrity. Uh -huh. How good does it feel when you do what you said you were going to do? Like uh -huh. we can lie to everyone else. We can't really lie to ourselves. We might try right. a lot of the times to do that. I'm like, I was going to get up this morning and go to yoga at six o'clock. 
and then I didn't. And then you feel like, yeah. you feel like crap, you feel down. That's but right. when you do, right. how amazing do you really feel? That's right. And then personal growth. It's like, yes, like that gives me hope to know that, that the people generally yeah. want, yeah. want to grow, want to become the best version of themselves. And like, as I said it out loud, I'm like, of course, like, of course, that's what we want. I feel like that's such an innate part of who we are to expand and to grow. And then I love the creativity thing too, right? It's not about art or music or anything like that. It's every moment we're in the act of creation. We are creators. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so these, all of this data came from over 10,000 people who have taken this assessment. So we know these are the most common shared values. Now, underneath each one of these things are a myriad of other values that, that sort of make up that family. So things like connection, you would see words like faith, family, community, all these different things that are, are values to themselves, but they're all underneath the sort of mothership of connection. It's all different types of connection. Um, same with authenticity, things like freedom and um, individualism and all, all these other sorts of things that, that people choose. It's really about authenticity. Um, same, same with the rest of them, right? You can find you know, 10, 20 different values underneath each one of the ones I gave you that are all examples of what I gave you. And so this is how we know these are the sort of top hierarchical values in all of the five families that work together as to how we truly relate to each other and how we connect to each other. Can, can we do this just really quickly? Um, sure. I would love for you just to help me realign and maybe further understand in this moment what yep. my values are. Because as you said, love before that mm -hmm. hits me, right? I'm like, one of my values is love and love can be such a, a broad word, right? Like love can mean a million different things. Um, so, so for me, right. One of my core values is love. And, and when I say it's love, it is self-love. It is gratitude for myself. It's appreciation for who I am. It's also love in the sense of having love for everyone. The person who was rude to me on the street, the person who was short with me, it's still having love for them and understanding that in reality, it had nothing to do with me. It's just a reflection of how they are on the inside and like hurt people, hurt people. And just in every single moment, having love and understanding our connection to each other. And having yeah. love for that person, regardless of who they are in this moment, what they've done in the past, and understanding that our connection is there, not our separation, and aligning much, much more with our oneness than our division. Yep. So, what I, you know, if, if we were working together, I'd, I'd ask you a couple of questions and, and, listening to even just what you said right there. I, I think there's no question in my mind that love is one of your values. Um, the, the question becomes twofold. Number one, your definition of love is your definition of love. And that's all that matters, not mine, right? So you have to know how you choose to define it because if push comes to shove and someone says, what do you mean by that? You've got to be able to spit out what you mean by that. And so when that's the case, when we know that that's what we do, when we define it, um, what I would tell you is that love cannot exist without connection. So you have to, you have to be able to, to get that in your understanding. Love can exist on its, it, it isn't, it isn't unless there is something to connect to. 
including yourself, <laughs> right? And so without connection, love doesn't exist. And that is the is that thing that you have to get in your brain as to the words that 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 come out that you take, because here's the thing, these five values that you are going to discover and prove that they are yours, it's the activation of these values that become your purpose. If you have a purpose in your life and that purpose does not include these words, it is not your purpose. It is a purpose. <laughs> and so for me, knowing that you know, creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, authenticity, uh, you know, those are my values, my purpose. The reason I get up every single day is to creatively impact others by authentically providing hope. That's what gets me up every day. That's why I'm having this conversation with you. Well, guess what? There's alignment between my what, the values, and my why, the purpose. And because of that, my ability to execute is incredible. But when your what and your why are misaligned, your ability to, to execute is by luck or chance. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's accidents is when it happens. Mm -hmm. And so you have to discover the what first. It starts with what, and then we can choose our why by taking those words and crafting a purpose that includes them because they are our non-negotiables. And, and the challenge that most people have is they don't understand what non-negotiable means. They understand what really important means, uh, but really important is not non-negotiable. Non-negotiable means no. So I often get people who put leadership down, right? Leadership is a non-negotiable value, uh, value for me. Under most circumstances, I call bullshit. And that's because if you've ever attended a meeting you didn't lead, you, it is not a non-negotiable. Right. So yeah. if you're putting yourselves into these scenarios um, willingly, then it is not a non negotiable. And so you have to get to that definition so that you know when something is wrong. You know when something rubs up against it and it doesn't feel right. And you know, you've, ever, you've had these scenarios where you're like, I can't quite put my finger on it. It just doesn't feel right. Well, I promise you, it's because one of your values is being violated, but you haven't identified it strong enough to go, that's it. That's it. That's how it all works. Hmm. Right. And it, it is that it's, I love, it's knowing what they are, identifying what they are very, very clearly. Yeah. And defining for you, because I promise you, if you and I looked at all five of your values and we both wrote definitions, they aren't even going to be close. So, okay. In, in this process, it is discovering them and then really writing down what each of them mean to me so I can make it super clear what mm -hmm. it is. So when something comes into my life that does not fit or align with one of these values, I clearly know that it doesn't. Yes. And then it's two weeks of tracking. So like, you can't just tell me something is real and have me believe it. I want proof, right? It's all the <laughs> conversation we just had. So you, you can tell me all you want, but you need to, to track these values. So the students that I work with, they uh, get a workbook. And at the end of each night, they sit down and they go back in their head over their day and they have a list in front of them or all their values. And they say, I experienced this value five times today. I experienced this one three times today. And it was with this person. Person, and this was the quick scenario that had happened in, and they start to identify these things. And after a week, we look at all the data and we go, okay, I'm believing this. I'm a little shaky over here. Do we need to shift to another value in the family that is more accurate? So if somebody says, 
faith. Like this is a perfect example. They say faith. They don't really know what they mean by faith. They just know that it sounds good and it does mean something to them. And maybe they've been brought up um, to, to care for it in, in a very deliberate way. But during the pandemic, if you couldn't go to church, does that mean that, that faith isn't important to you? Right. So it's like when you can't experience it, how you would normally experience it, when you can't go to Bible study, when you can't go to yoga class, when you can't go and meditate for whatever particular reason, does that mean that it's not the value or do you have to find the higher value in the family that encompasses that and other things so that you're giving yourself more opportunity to feed that sheep as opposed to Mm, uh, if I'm, if I get too specific and something happens and I can't actually do it, uh, we start to, to beat ourselves up because that sheep is not being fed because we're being too specific. Got it. Yes. Okay. God. Ah, and it never, it obviously never, ever helps to beat ourselves up. Oh, I mean, we all do it. It's like an innate thing. I feel like that we, that we do. And that's a message too. I'm trying to get out more and help people with is and I'm literally posting a video today about that, uh, is not beating ourselves up and honestly doing things in a way that can help prevent that. Right. So being clear on what our values are will help us to not beat ourselves up in those moments. So, you know, the, uh, I'll give you the perfect example. So I saw, um, you interviewed Jim from, uh, get better with books, uh, many, many episodes ago. Right. Yeah. So Jim, I love Jim though. He does amazing work. Um, and so does another one of my buddies, Nick from book thinkers. Um, if you've uh, followed them on, on social at all, Nick, uh, and his team there do basically nonfiction book reviews that are phenomenal, right? A lot of self-help personal development stuff. And, uh, Nick and I, um, did some work together and, and after working for like a month together, uh, impact from, as far as I was concerned, impact was without a shadow of a doubt, one of his black sheep values. Not only was it not in his five, it wasn't even in the beginning of the, of the assessment where you pick words that resonate with you. He didn't choose it. And I, and I just couldn't wrap my brain around why he did that. Well, the truth was in his early twenties, uh, he was an asshole to everybody. And he felt ashamed that anyone that saw impact as a value of his would go no way. And so he sabotaged himself to get to his true self because he was afraid of what other people would think, knowing that he had a portion of his life that he wasn't a nice guy. And that is so sad, but it is so common for all of us that we sabotage ourselves because we're worried about a bad we have to separate behavior from values, right? People, they make this confusion all the time. Do not treat behaviors as values. Everybody can have a bad moment. Everybody can lose it in a moment and say the wrong thing and make a mistake. That is not value. That's behavior. And so when we were able to separate those things, now impact, not only is he accepted it and, and said, yes, this is it. He's using it to impact 200,000 people that follow him on social media now, which I love to see that because he wouldn't have got there if he didn't do the work. And so in that same way of beating yourself up, you've got to find out why, why are you beating yourself up? And if you can get to that truth, it will open up more opportunities for you to land in an area that is more deliberate and more in alignment with who you truly are, as opposed to who you think you should be. Wow. 
Can I share with you just that just really brought up something uh, and wow, in me a lot. When I was younger, I had a really terrible temper, like the worst temper of anybody I'd I'd, I'd ever known. And I don't say that to embellish the story or make Mm -hmm. it sound more than it is. Uh, It was bad. You know, I wasn't and I just had, I had some anger problems. You know what I mean? I, I still, I was a very sociable. I still was a very kind hearted, like good person, but I had these moments that were dark and filled with anger. Um, and they were, I mean, they, yeah, they were explosive at times. And when I started doing spread love movement, I had those thoughts about myself. I'm like, what are the people going to think who knew me when I was in my teens, my late teens, uh, moments of my early twenties, they're going to think I'm full of shit. Like they're going to just think that this isn't real. You know what I mean? And can I, what helped me get through that was being so aligned with love and knowing that it's who I am now, not beating myself up for who I was then, because that temper, I think it got me to where I am now. I went so far to one end that I think it shot me to the other end. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have had these deep thoughts and this mindfulness to be a different person and have control over it and not come from a place, not come from a place of anger or hatred or negativity, but come from a place of love and positivity. And being on that, being so far on that end really helped me rethink and get to this place. Cause I think if it was kind of like smooth sailing and it was normal, yeah. I don't know if I would have gotten this far towards love. Yeah. No, I, I understand it. It makes, it makes total sense in the way that we, um, deal with these things in our lives. You know, the, the interesting thing I think is, so people think that, that values and purpose change over time. And, and the truth is it is incredibly rare that values and purpose change, right? Uh, uh, values uh, for the most part are etched in stone by the time we're in our early twenties. And so the reason that people think values change is because they misidentified their values in the first place. Uh And that's, that's why they feel like they change, but the truth is they're static. And so if your values and your purpose are static, what changes is how you fulfill them. That's what changes every single day, right? Every single opportunity, every single interaction is a change of how you're going to fulfill your purpose and feed those values. But the values themselves and the purpose itself never changes outside of a catastrophic event. It rarely, rarely, rarely changes. So what, uh, you know, I always think um, I've heard it described by many sculptors that when they look at a giant block of stone, they, they can see the sculpture underneath and they're just chipping away to get to where it is. And that's sort of like our values work. If we don't actually take the time to see what's there and we only go, you know what, I'm happy with this. Well, I wanted a mermaid, but I'm going to stick with this bear. <laughs> you know, um, they, they, we don't do the work. We stop chipping away. And, and it's not until something happens in your life that forces you to get back at it and start chipping away that you discover what's real. But if you don't do that work, you're just, you're just satisfied with what's on the surface and what's on the surface will be affected by everything and anything in your life because they're not real. They're not yours. There's that tornado swirling around you and you see it in that moment. And in that moment, you think it's real. But if you closed your eyes and opened them again, that, that value would be on the other side. It would be gone. 
because it's not actually your value. And so you start reaching, you start taking risks, you start doing things that are against what you would normally do because you're desperate, you're scared, you're all of those things that start to factor in in that moment rather than just do the work, mm. do the work. And when you know what's there, you don't have to reach for anything. You have everything you need. And when you have everything you need, you make way better decisions in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was, I was, I, I'll tell you, I, I forgave who I was back then because that's just, it's who I was based off my experiences the, the things that happened in my life. And I was so aligned with love and it was so important to me to help push out this message of love and this message of connection and our oneness and kindness and empathy. It just way overtook any feelings I had about myself or any faking it or, or any, any being false because I know, I knew now I wasn't being false. I knew I was being my truest self ever. And I yeah. wasn't going to let that hide because of who I, who I acted like in, in the past. Good for you and good for forgiving yourself because that's one of the most difficult factors in this whole journey, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I'll tell you that, you know, it was the same reason why I didn't sleep for years. I didn't, I didn't forgive myself, right? Yeah. I not, and I just, it, it, so I, I, I pastored a church for a chapter of my life, right? So several years up until my son getting sick and that sort of rocked my faith in, in a lot of different ways, as you can imagine. Um, losing him was, was, you know, God and I are on speaking terms. So that's what I would like to say right now. Uh, but uh, for me, um, one of the things that, that I learned sort of during that time is in, in, in studying scripture and where people are at and all those sorts of things was that, you know, in scripture, what, what it tells you, and this is whether you believe this or not, I'm going to tell you it actually works is that God would say, if you want my forgiveness, you need to forgive someone else first. And that, um, made me look at things differently because I couldn't forgive myself, but, but I started, and this is going to sound crazy. I started by forgiving God for taking my son. And, and it sounds blasphemous. And that's why I, I didn't want to acknowledge that. But the truth was I had to forgive him for taking my son before I could forgive myself. And that is such a difficult moment that, that the fact that you have got to that point where you're able to get there um, and forgive yourself is, is such a gift to you from you that um you should be proud of yourself and, and, and know that that is something that not all of us get a chance to experience. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for the love of that. Wow. Uh, it's something I look back and I'm grateful for, to be honest with you. I'm grateful Good. I had a temper. Wow. That's that perception, yeah, right? Yeah. Changing that, ampl amplify that value. It would never <sighs> existed before. If I hated myself and I beat myself up today for having temper back then, I would just diminish myself. My heart wouldn't shine. I wouldn't be doing spread love movement, but in that forgiveness of myself and flipping it and actually feeling gratitude for that. Cause I know without that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the heart that I have right now. I wouldn't have the energy and the desire to share so much. Uh, and it just wouldn't exist without that. I, so listen, you have an incredibly powerful channel to, to, to change what's possible in a lot of people's lives. I would love it if you wouldn't think 
ever of yourself as an influencer, but more of an amplifier. And when you do that, um, you're going to move millions of people, right? That's not, there's enough influencers in the world. If you're influencing someone, you're trying to influence them towards something. Um, and normally it's self gratifying. So when you're an amplifier, it's not about you, it's about them. And that's, and that's the difference. And that's what will make it in just 10 times more powerful than it already is. Yes. It's always about them. One of the things too, is like, don't tell myself, I'm like, don't be selfish. Don't be so scared and be selfish in my fear that I'm not going to be able to share all this beauty and love to the world. That's like they, I need it, but they like, that was one of the things that helped push me through doing it for other people and not letting my own selfish fears or acts or feeling sorry for myself to disallow me from helping others. I love it. Thank God. Thank God you did, man. I mean, look at you now. It's a, it's, you would have never imagined back then that something like this was possible. And all I want you to know is where you are now isn't even close to what's really possible. When you do this work, you're going to see that where you, as far as you've come and as much good as you've brought into the world, um, you've barely scratched the surface as to what's possible for you in this movement. Yes. Dude, thank you for the self-reflection because having like reliving this and having these thoughts, I haven't thought about this in, you know, in a little while. And it, uh, it feels good. Thank you. Good. Um, oh, wow. Oh, this has been such a moving, such a fulfilling in every single way has touched me to my core of this conversation. So thank you for everything. And the last question, buddy, I have to ask you that I ask every yeah. single guest. Yeah. Um, and I always preface it that literally my goal in life in myself and spread love movement is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place that is more connected and more one that's more filled with love. That's more empathetic. That's more vulnerable, more understanding, more accepting of each other, just a more beautiful place for us all to coincide and live together. So Brent, how do you feel like each day you are contributing and adding to this sort of a shift in consciousness? At the top of my values hierarchy is hope and no matter what I am going through, no matter how shitty my life might be in a moment, that can't affect my ability to bring hope to others. Um, it's through that hope that I find it <laughs> um, in my darkest times. And so, you know, my wish is that I, I, I have the courage and the resilience to continue to provide hope even when it has escaped me in the moment. How beautiful and selfless that is to not be so concerned with yourself, but to know, even if you've lost hope, so many other people need it and you can give them that hope. Oh, wow. That's the choice we talked about. Are you going to choose to be the reason somebody believes, or are you going to be the reason somebody gives up? Full circle, baby. Yeah. Like that's, that is it. It's, it's, it's not caring for people more than you care for yourself, but caring for them equally. Understanding that literally in our oneness, that in you giving hope to them, that actually helps you. And I just, I love that mentality of just caring for each other. 
doing what's best for other people and helping them, even when you may not be in, in the best place to do so, but you still have the ability to help others. Nailed it. All right, buddy, before we cut out of here, uh, if you can just let people know where they can find you in life, social media, uh, your website, people can go and find out what their core values are. Please share that with everybody. You bet. Uh, it's real simple. It's just Brant Menswar, B-R-A-N-T is my first name. Menswar is my last name, M-E-N-S-W-A-R, just like it sounds, dot uh, com. And there you can get to the assessment. Uh, that'll get you to where you need to be to help you sort of on this journey. We're getting ready to launch what we call Black Sheep Foundry, which is a place for black sheep to gather and um, sow into each other and feed each other. And I'm super excited about launching this in the next 60 days where we have a place where we can grow together and, and continue the mission to get people to discover what matters most to them and start living with deliberate intention. Yes. Ah, amazing. Ah, I love that. Uh, buddy, thank you really for sharing the space, being here with me. You know what? I, I told you this before we hopped on. I ask everybody to always be their most authentic, vulnerable, genuine, genuine self. And everybody always shows up and you just blew it out of the water, man. You are just, I feel like I've known you for years. That's crazy. We literally just met. Um, and just you opening yourself up, allow that connection to be. Uh, and with everyone who's listening. So, so much gratitude and thanks for you. Well, Justin, thank you so much, brother. It's, you know, uh, I value time as much as I value anything in my life. And the fact that you would give me a little bit of time to, to share um, means everything to me. And you know that I am uh, one of your biggest cheerleaders and anything I can do to help you uh, continue to, to, to send that message of love out. You know, I am, I am the megaphone at your disposal. Thank you, buddy. I, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I just want to send you, your family, Theo, everybody, some love. Um, Thank you, bud. Of course, man. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for being here. This was an incredibly special one. Um, reach out to Brandt, to myself, if you have any questions, uh, anything, <laughs> reach out to Brandt. I mean, connect with him, understand your values, understand how you can amplify your life. Um, thank you, man. This has been incredible. Everybody, appreciate you so much for being here and taking the time to be a part of this conversation with us. We love you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy.